And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Stop laughing at the fact that I needed to keep the yogurt pop in my mouth while clapping. I was really hoping that you weren't going to have that realization, and maybe you were just going to smash the yogurt pop. Uh, that was going to be pretty funny. A great way to start the show, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Why, thank you, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Yeah, it would be great to just get half-melted because of my saliva chocolate yogurt pop all over my technology and things. Yeah, let's call it that. Quote-unquote technology. How are you doing? I, I, I know you, you need to get your uh, your hairs cut. Yeah. You, how much conversation do you have with your hairstylist or barber? Um, she, she talks the entire time I am in the chair. How many words do you say? Or, um, or is it more like, ah, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enough to keep the conversation going. I might occasionally ask a question. Um, but for the most part, I don't say very much. I mean, she might say, do you have any plans for the weekend? And I might say, uh, nothing that I can think of. Aren't your weekends all the same? Lawn care and then family? I mean, not all lawn care. Lawn care, there's only a couple of times a week, and sometimes that's done in the evenings. I mean, you know. Random question for you. The restaurant where you used to work. Uh-huh. What is that now, that building? Is that now like a golf cart shop? Yeah, I think so. It was a um, like a used computer store for a while. Yeah. But I believe it's... Uh, I actually haven't been by it in some time, but I believe somebody told me that it was some sort of repair shop for golf carts. I went yes. to a, a neighborhood tag sale where there were four different people right outside of there. And I'm standing there looking at the building being like, I don't know if I've been, I know what this is. I know what this used to be. There was not a golf cart in here at one point. There you go. So, now there is, now, apparently. Now there is a golf cart. You know where there was not a golf cart, before I'm the master of segues? Hell in a cell. No golf carts hmm. that I was aware of. Are you sure? I mean, honestly, you could tell me that there were golf carts, and I would be none the wiser. Uh, Ambrose, Rollins, Ziggler, and McIntyre did bumper cars on the top of the cell. Well, that sounds probably correct, except for the bumper car part. If there was a show, if WWE did a show where it was wrestlers go to the carnival and partake in the rides and try the party games, don't you want to watch Braun Strowman try to get the nozzle of water into the clown's mouth enough to pop the balloon? No, I, I actually just want to see him swing the hammer at the test your strength booth. And I just want the guy working that booth to, like, I don't know, retire in defeat. Like, hand every prize to Braun. Maybe, I mean, it could be a little dark. I mean, maybe that person, uh, maybe we see him tying a noose as as we uh, cut the black. I, I don't know. Wow! That guy is really dedicated to his job. Well, you know, I'm assuming his life savings are in this game. And if Braun ah. Strowman comes, you see, 
Again, okay. folks, I'm not saying I'm hoping somebody kills themselves. This is just, this is a fanciful, fictional yeah. uh, story that we are potentially We We, we here. hear, we see like a backstory. Like the vignette is is learning about this guy. This has been in his family for generations and he's been, you know, working his fingers to the bone, getting the right hammers and doing all of this. And then Braun comes along long to win Alexa Bliss a bear that's the size of her that she's now carrying around. Oh, man. I like it. We should get a job working for WWE. We'd write great stuff. I don't know. I'm not sure a family program want to see... Uh, a vignette about a carny worker whose life is shattered and who ultimately decides, well, <laughs> I'm not sure that that would be something they want to air, is all I'm saying. I suppose. I suppose that's true. Um, so, if memory serves, you started watching at 8, were was rather disgruntled that it started at 7. Yeah. Um, I, I really I mean, did think that was in it. In fairness, that's on me. I guess I should have known it was starting at 7, but I didn't. So, And, and you know, you missed the Becky Lynch-Charlotte match, which was good. What that opened, was the one match I wanted to see. What opened the show? New Day and Rusev Day was on the pre-show. Oh, Orton and Hardy, mm. which I... We can talk about. I think they did a. They made a very smart move in that cell match. Not that you care, but they did. I, I find it very difficult to believe you, as somebody who's constantly on Twitter talking about how ah, oh, there's been five matches and they've all been good. And meanwhile, I know, I know in my heart of hearts that's no way that that is true. Um, I, I just sort of feel like you're. Your overly optimistic tendencies. I, I, just, I am the Pope I of positivity. I tend posi- to doubt you. I am the Pope of positivity, but all I'll say is this. Everyone expected Hardy to dive off the cell in some crazy spot, and nothing that was in the realm of safety was going to work. So they went in the other direction and just decided to have a brutal Hell in a Cell match that, that harkened back in some ways to some of the older ones, Randy Orton gets a screwdriver from a toolbox, shoves it in the hole in Jeff Hardy's ear, and then begins to spin it around, thereby twisting his earlobe in some grotesque fashion. Okay, I mean, I think you hit the right word there. Just imagining this, it sounds grotesque, yeah. that's for sure. Well, but but. Jeff Hardy said it would be memorable, and that was a memorable moment. It was brutal. There were scars, you know. There were pictures on WWE.com of Hardy's leg, or was it Orton's back, or, you know. So they went in that direction. The spot at the end that led to the finish was not, you know, particularly memorable. He's hanging. Jeff Hardy is hanging from the top of the cell and swings back and forth to try to dive onto... Orton and Orton rolls out of the way, but again, it was it was memorable for different reasons. So I am probably being my usual super optimistic self, but I thought they did a nice job. I was pleasantly surprised with how they went. I I found myself invested in the match, which should never have happened. So. I mean, I, that's good to hear, but I mean, yeah, personally, again, I didn't see it, so this comes from. You know, nowhere, I guess. But if I'm not invested before the match begins, uh, 
I, I, I just, for me, the uh, in-ring work very is very much unlikely to draw me in. Not to say it's impossible. We've had this, some great workers. We've but. had this conversation before. The wrestling fan versus the story fan. That story wasn't doing anything for you. And cut to SmackDown this week. Randy Orton in the production truck forcing the the production guy to play the clip over and over again didn't do anything for me. The moment was good during the match, and now I'm done. I don't want to see them wrestle anymore. Did you... Um, this was all over some wrestling news sites not that long ago. I, I, I don't know if you've heard about it, but supposedly Randy Orton in the past would... Um, let's say, interact with members of the creative team in an inappropriate manner? That's been... It, his, his inappropriate actions are legendary at this point. And while I don't necessarily support it, WWE almost is leaning into that. And that's exactly like, the point I was going to make. He got, um, he got as close to the production guy as Heidenreich got to Michael Cole. And I just... At the end of the day, while I understand leaning into things, I understand, you know, the whole reality era, trying to make things more realistic to some degree, I'm just not sure that kind of behavior should be rewarded with television time. I, I, don't, I, don't, dis I don't disagree. I don't disagree. If it's true... And that's, that's the caveat we've got to put in it. If it's true, and there's been enough stories that you kind of have to start believing it because there's been so many stories about it, I would agree. I don't think... I'm not a big Randy Orton guy, but they certainly seem to be making his character this sort of creeper that might go around doing creepy things. I guessed. So yeah, so that uh, happened... Hmm. Becky Lynch won the title. That was good. She's now the queen. That segment main evented SmackDown. I'm all for it. My Royal Rumble prediction has finally come true. Nine months later. I'm not sure that's how a Royal Rumble prediction works. No, but I finally... It's that, it's that a broken clock... Stop it. A broken clock is right twice a day. If I keep picking Becky Lynch, eventually I'll be right. I, you should probably do the same for Rusev. I I wholeheartedly endorse it. Now, I'm assuming no Raw, no SmackDown? Uh, correct. I, I did not, not watch either. Again, you're not saying... We, we got some flack on Twitter for being a wrestling show in which... The did we? In which the people don't always watch wrestling. Um, huh. But... I don't know. I'm looking at my Twitter feed right now, and I don't see any tweets about that. Weird. Hmm. But right, cool. But happy Aiden Day to you. I don't even know what that is. Aiden English attacked Rusev after his U.S. title match on SmackDown and essentially turned heel on Rusev and tweeted out, Happy Aiden Day. Why? Why do you got to ask hard questions like that? Because, okay. because over no, I actually know that the kayfabe answer is over the last two months or so, Aiden English has supposedly caused Rusev a number of opportunities, and he got tired of being blamed, and so decided to actually do something. So did he cost him that title match, or did he just attack him afterwards? Rusev had hit his machka kick 
Shinsuke was motionless and it looked like he was about, you know, was going to go for the pin. Aiden gets up on the ring with his microphone and is going, Rusev, crush! Rusev turns around, is like, what exactly are you doing? And in that distraction, Shinsuke manages to roll up Rusev and win. So yes, technically, Aiden did cost him the match and then attacked him afterwards anyway. If you had asked me when blue in the era of blue pants or in the days of the vaudevillains versus Enzo and Cass when Enzo almost died, um, do I think Aiden English has a high ceiling in WWE? My answer would have been no, of course not. He's, he's a singer. So the fact that they're doing anything with him at this level is kind of impressive to me. I, I just think it's interesting that you began that sentence by, by by saying, do I think he has a high ceiling, and yet what they're doing with him is such a low ceiling? He I don't is, even understand why you would I use thought, that as a... I thought he would be on main event, if not back in NXT, or wrestling some indie show known as Aiden British or something like that. All you right. know, he would have gone the Simon Gotch, Simon Grimm way. So he might wrestle at the Australia show in a singles match against Rusev on a big stage. Does this mean that uh, Lana can begin accompanying Rusev to ringside again? They both were at ringside with him on Tuesday, so I would assume yes. Okay. All right, let's see. You watched the tag title match. I believe you caught that. Ambrose Rollins versus Ziggler McIntyre. I won't say that I watched it, but it was on the television. Mrs. Manson watched it. She said Correct. she liked it. Yeah, it she was, was really the one watching it. It was very good. It was very good. I know it's two tag teams that aren't really tag teams, and you're not necessarily a tag team fan anyways. But I was reminded of Revival American Alpha. I also... I don't know what it is because, yes, I know I'm in the minority, right? I know that everybody is gaga about the shield. I get it. I understand that I am the outlier. But I, I, I again, I think we've talked about it on this show. Dean Ambrose, sandwiched together with Seth Rollins, does nothing for me. It just, those are two guys who are great. In fact, I think... You can make an argument about it not necessarily being true for Dean Ambrose, but I think there's an argument to be made for it. Also, um, both of those guys I like as singles competitors more than I like Roman Reigns. Uh, So taking these guys and being like, yes, you are the secondary members of the Shield and we have nothing for you other than to be just a, a team again. I, I just I don't know, man. It just the ship. I've, it feels to me like the ship has sailed. And if they're going to feud with the Dogs of War because we need a big match for the Super Showdown in Australia, we're going to have that six man tag. That's fine. But eventually, I'd like to see them do different things. And them all being on the same show means they're all somewhat limited. Right. I, I just I'm not excited to see them team and. Maybe for me, I think that goes back to all of the attempted 
reunions of the shield and or you know pitting the shield against each other it just seems like every time they've gone to that well in the past it didn't work out for one reason or another and at this point i don't care anymore they need they they they've they have tried to go back to that well too many times in a short period with no payoff. Like if they waited five years, if they waited 10 years and they wanted to trot the shield out on a golden oldies episode of raw or something, then I would be excited to see them if they actually went away for a while, but I don't really feel like they have gone away. It also doesn't help that Roman Reigns has never stopped looking like he's a member of the shield. Correct. That also. So, you know, when Rollins and Ambrose came out in the shield gear, it was like, hey, that's cool. But they now just look like Roman. Yeah. Um, So I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer. Let's move on. Let's talk about something else. It's not necessarily a Debbie Downer. You're making a valid point. Some people like things. Some people don't. Um, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe had some controversy. Did you watch that match? Um... I think I saw, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'm aware of it, but I'm aware of the finish of that match. Yeah, AJ tapped out right around the same time he pinned Samoa Joe. The thing that I don't like about that finish to that match is AJ being the ring general that he is would have known that he was in a pinning predicament against Joe. So I don't understand why somebody with his skill his awareness, his experience would ever tap in that situation. Why he wouldn't hold out for the extra second or two. I thought Um, it was, I thought it was interesting that the match ended and I don't remember seeing it. It seemed like it took a segment or two for the camera angle to get right, to actually see the tap out. So at first it was just like, Oh, AJ, you know, did the roll-up. I watched Bret Hart beat Roddy Piper with that move. Um, Cool. That's a nice move. And then all of a sudden, he tapped out. AJ's promo on SmackDown was a little weird. They're going to wrestle again in Australia, because that's the next show. And that's my problem, though. You had this lousy finish that really doesn't make any sense, and now what's happened, as you just said, he had a weird promo on SmackDown, because you've got to to propagate now this, this stupid poor ending and I, it wasn't that wasn't what was weird about it what was weird about it was that it just aj was in my opinion aj the promo guy was not on his game so he talked about joe but then immediately had to pivot because he was wrestling andrade almas on smackdown in what was a great match um so it was oh, just yeah i saw a reversal from that match just in a gift form of him uh I think like doing some sort of bridge pin and then flipping out of the bridge and going straight into a Styles Clash, that looked, no pun intended, phenomenal. Yeah, that looked it, real good. And and I think that was it. Is he wanted to you know he was trying in that promo he was trying to push the thing with Joe, push the match with Almas, and it was just one of those like he he's talking about Joe, he stops, there's a bit of a pause, and he's like. But I can't focus on Joe right now. I have to focus on on Andrade because if I'm not careful, he'll beat me. And it just it sounded, it wasn't. If to me again, this is my opinion. 
it, it sounded like that could have been done a little more fluidly. It was almost like somebody in off camera was like, hey, almost, almost, you know, talk about CN. But the match itself, oof, I'm, I'm a big fan of Almas more now in WWE than I was of him in NXT. Makes sense. So, um, uh, the Miz and Maurice beat Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, which we all expected would happen. Rousey beat Alexa Bliss, which we all expected would happen. What I don't know that you and I ever expected was for Brock Lesnar to show up, kick in the cage, kick in the cell door, and reinsert himself into the universal title picture. I appreciate the story that they went with. I wish they had actually gone more with it. I wish Brock Lesnar had just interfered in every universal title match for like two or three months. Cause that was kind of the story we were getting is angle was saying, you're not getting your title match. It's not going to happen. Had Brock just continued to be a pain in the neck until finally somebody was like, all right, fine. You get, you'll get it. Just stop. It happened once. And now, in Saudi Arabia, in November, we'll have the triple threat, which I'm looking forward to. But but it also means that nothing is going to happen in the main event of Raw until November. Hey, Constable Corbin had a universal title match. Yeah, great. Uh, He find, like, abuse your power. Be a heel authority. Can I figure. ask you a question? Was Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Paul Heyman sprayed mace into Mick Foley's eyes. Here's a uh, a question for you, uh, asking the hard questions. Why? Are we just forgetting, like, a month ago when Brock Lesnar grabbed we, Heyman we, by the throat and threw him to the mat and stepped on him? That was over the week later. Yeah. A week later, it was... Heyman was back with Brock. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, I, I'm beating a dead horse here. I'm banging on the drum. Just there's just so I I know this is something that everybody talks about. We talk about it all the time. There's just there's no continuity in the WWE, and I, it's just and I know at this point I should have no expectation of week to week continuity. But it's just for me. I think it's just at that breaking point where I, I can't become invested in anything because nothing they do ever matters. Is that is that crazy? I'm sorry again, Debbie Downer over here. I, I, not to be. I just I don't know, man. I just I'm having a tougher and tougher time. Like I I don't know. I I think it's difficult because and again we've we've had conversations similar to this in the past. Uh it feels like WWE the long-term storylines you know it's are kind of iffy things keep changing. I don't know if there was a plan for Heyman to align with someone else and then that didn't go through. I don't know if this was all supposed to be some sort of swerve on the part of Brock and Heyman to trick us. You know, I, I feel like part of me is missing pieces, and I don't know if that's intentional, or, you know, I don't know if that's actually the case, or if 
maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. But, you know, I also think now this, uh, what's, what's happening here? I found out Monday that they're going back to Saudi Arabia. You know, that was just sprung on us on Monday. So in late September, they tell us that there's a random other event, call it a pay-per-view, call it a WWE Network event if you want to, but that's now happening November 2nd. They're going back to Saudi Arabia. They're going to do another show. That's like mere days after evolution. I am sure the irony is not lost on the internet. No. People are... People are now like, was that, you know, it's called Crown Jewel. Um, you know, was that why we're having evolution? Because they wanted the Saudi Arabia thing. <laughs> I wish, I, in, the, in the spirit of Great Balls of Fire, I wish they had called this event the Family Jewels. <laughs> that, just, that just sounds like something Vince McMahon would love. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm literally not complaining. I just want to state some facts. It is, by the time people hear this, it will be September 21st. The 21st of September. That's the first day of fall, I think. Happy fall. Happy autumnal equinox. Um, October 6th, Super Showdown in Australia. October 28th, Evolution. November 2nd, Crown Jewel. November 17th, NXT TakeOver. November 18th, Survivor Series. So in the next two months, there will be five, quote-unquote, pay-per-view events happening in WWE. Well, I think we figured out why they decided to have the number of pay-per-view events this year versus last year, because they decided that they could simply sell those shows to other countries and make I think a crap that's ton more I th- money. I think that's what's going to happen. There's going to be two events a month. There'll be the co-branded pay-per-view, and then there's going to be some sort of international show. October yeah. is Australia. November is Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure it'll be every month right away, but I'm sure, you know, England, they, they cleared India. their schedule to allow it, which, hey, no matter how you look at it, smart business move, I guess, right? They weren't going to get any more money from the people who are already subscribing from the WWE Network. So, let's get somebody else to pay for that content. Yeah. So, again, I'm happy because, you know, the Australia show, I think, is going to start at 4 a.m. Prime time, DC time. I'm going to be there with bells on. I hate you so much. The Saudi Arabia show, I don't know what date November 2nd is, but those usually start at like 2 in the afternoon. I'm all for that. Yeah, so. I uh, I took the day off from work to watch the last one. I definitely will not do that this time. <laughs> Why not? Because that last Saudi Arabia show, with the exception of Titus O'Neil sliding <laughs> a mile to the ring and, you know, ending up beneath the ring, uh, there was almost nothing on that show worth watching. It's a Friday. Yeah, we'll see. But either way, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I'm excited for it. Although there's, you know, you want to talk about whether or not WWE is saturating their audience. Uh, Yes. 
Yeah. Having said that, uh, you know, this this could be my piece of positivity, but I saw a ton of people really excited for Wednesday night, 205 Live NXT May Young Classic. That so, sounds like a good block of content. And te- I, uh, I am tempted to, like I said, maybe start I, watching. Become a Wednesday night warrior. Skip Raw and SmackDown. Just watch that. You can watch the pay-per-views and get caught up. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got some emails to get through before yes. we send you off to get your hairs cut. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, you live like 10 minutes from the place, so I don't feel like we have to rush a ton. No, not a ton, but we should be finishing up at least um, in 30 minutes. But yes, thank you, besties, because at around 5 p.m. I tweeted that our inbox was lonely, and we got five emails, plus the other two. And I'd just like to point out, if we are to believe all of these people, and why shouldn't we, seven emails, four male, three female. We are bridging the gender gap. Are we gap. Uh, the proper? Are we the proper evolution here? DDT wrestling. We're f- we're fun for the whole family. I think is oh, what I'm trying okay. to say. I got our it. first email comes from podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Of course, our first email comes from our one of the bestiest of the besties, Danielle. Hello. We are slowly approaching October, and I had this idea. For a Patreon show only, movie commentary, just like how you guys were commenting on the Mae Young classic last year, like westerns or other fun movies that can be found at libraries and on streaming services. Most likely by the time you've read the emails, Doc would have already mentioned in more details about the horror podcast. A question I have is, will this be on the same DDT wrestling stream or will it have a different podcast feed? Cheers, Danielle. We've seen it on Twitter. You've posted about it. GQ's posted about it. Would you like to make an official announcement, or is that a separate pod blast show? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should talk about it here. It just seems out of place. So, okay. Nope, I'm lying, gonna... and. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Of course, I'm going to pimp my stuff. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, in case you only listen to DDT Wrestling, we are going to be starting a new podcast called Sounds Scary. It is a... And by we, you mean not me. Not well, yeah. I mean, I would love to talk horror movies with you, DC Matthews. Oh, oh, no. Let me me preface. By choice. (laughs) Not me. No, I mean, I would. I, I legitimately would. And I would. I think there there is gold to be had in a podcast in which I sit you down and force you to watch a horror movie, and then we were to talk about it. I think that would be excellent. But see, here's the problem: you just bought a new sofa, and if I pee on it, I'm gonna get in trouble. Hey, man, we got the care package. Any sort of stains, they'll send someone out to the house. So. Hi, it's us again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, DC. (laughs) We watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Come on back over. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's called Sound Scary. And by we, I mean myself, Doc Manson, and friend of the show, GQ, at GQ on Draft. If you don't follow GQ on Twitter, I highly recommend you get over there. That boy is lacking followers, so certainly I would encourage you to do so. And yeah, we're going to be dropping 
towards the end of September, October 1st, we don't have an exact date yet, but I will tell you that we're the plan is to open a new podcast feed. You will actually have to search for Sounds Scary and add that. It's not it does not exist yet, so, so don't get too excited. But uh, you'll have to add that. And the, the plan is when we drop to have about four episodes or so ready to go for you to listen to immediately. And then we will be adding one a week, certainly through October. I believe mm-hmm. we're also planning to do a Halloween special. Um, so you have that to look forward to. And uh, the, currently we're, we're sort of planning on doing this show in seasons. Um, for reasons that will probably become more apparent as we start talking a little bit bit more about the different segments that will be part of this show. Uh, so yeah, we're planning on you know doing season one this year. I'm not sure if there'll be a mid-season hiatus or if we'll continue straight through every week until don't, it's done. Hard to say. A, early don't pull days. a lucha underground. We might don't pull a lucha underground. We might have to, I, but. Again, early days. We're not 100% sure where we'll land just yet, but uh, you will find out, certainly by listening to me talk about it on this show. And I will say, I am thinking, uh, Patreon folks, uh, I am thinking about dropping the first episode of Sound Scary on that feed. If that's something you'd be interested in getting access to early before it drops to the general public, I think that's probably a good way to get your hands on it. So... We, there's a lot going on on the Patreon feed. You know, we've added a, a $2 a month tier uh, that gets you access to the feed. So it would get you access to all of our additional shows. I've been playing around. You know, I'm a stats nerd. Well, I can't say stats because that makes it sound like I know what a standard deviation is. And I don't. <laughs> but I enjoy spreadsheets and I enjoy data entry. Um, okay. And so, so I've got two. There's the one I dropped last week about... Who has held a you know a WWE title, any title for the longest? Kofi Kingston is just a couple of days away for being the longest reigning tag team champion cumulatively of all time. Um, and then I dropped another one because with two hundred five live, I said, "All right, let's look at the weights of the roster." Here's a list of the guys who are already on two hundred five live, but here's a list of the guys who could be if we just went solely by weight class. So Finn Balor could be on 205 Live. Johnny Gargano could be on 205 Live. And then I went, well, what if we did, you know, because now it's not live anymore. So what if we did 210, you know, two tens days or something like that? What if we bumped it up? And, you know, all of a sudden you could be feasibly talking about a world in which AJ Styles is wrestling Finn Balor for the Cruiserweight title. And suddenly that show becomes much more interesting to some people. To some people. Just saying, there's a you know we're we're looking into we're focusing a little more on Patreon, trying to make it more appealing, make it seem like something you want to give some shekels to. So we encourage you, Patreon at DDT Wrestling, check it out. Our our next email comes from uh, Stephanie Van Digic, and oh my goodness, uh, the DDT Festival happened in Melbourne while we were sleeping, while we weren't paying attention, and so uh, oh my. There's YouTube links. This is a... Oh, there's pictures. Good afternoon from Amster... Sorry, Melbourne. Uh, What a week it has been. Getting drunk. Random hookups. Oh, you minx. Food fights. What a festival it was. Images attached. I 
am looking at the pictures, and there are no pictures of random hookups. I feel lied to. But before we read the diary of the great event that was, I believe this is different to any other email you've ever received. This is a virtual experience for everyone who couldn't make it to the festival. Therefore, I ask you to have this festival music on in the background while reading the email. No lyrics involved. Press play. If song ends before end of email, here's a second theme you must use to keep the festival vibe going. Wait till you're both settled and read. Oh, wait, was I not supposed to read any of that? I think think you absolutely were. I'm just really glad I don't edit these shows together because you can decide if you want (laughs) to put the audio in. Otherwise, maybe what we'll do is we'll post the links to the music on our Patreon site, <laughs> and if you want to give us two shekels a month, you can hear the music that Stephanie is talking about. I mean, we could always post it on the Patreon, uh, open to anyone, not just oh, patrons. Oh, true. So that would drive that people true. to the page, potentially. All right. I think that's, that's fine. Okay. And uh, your Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, uh, Stephanie. All right, and read. So we started off the morning with fresh croissants. At first, no one turned up, but at 10.10, everyone seemed to arrive at once. We introduced three unfamiliar guests to DDT, who then tried to promote their own podcast and were removed from the premises. As they should be. One young man who popped in after seeing a flyer became a fan and is interested in becoming a DDT Patreon. After Bethany showed him an episode of The List, his name was Dexter Eclair, but went missing at lunchtime. At the State of DDT address, we were given the floor and three microphones as we took questions from the audience. Questions. If you're such big fans of DC and Doc, why have they never met you? The response was no comment. What is the key to the success of DDT? Uh, and that is Doc constantly being negative is a fun tango to DC's positivity and it brings a great hybrid. Do you like the podcast structure? We're very pleased with the random talks about life at the start before the wrestling gets going as they can range from anything which is spontaneous and spontaneity is the pumpkin spice of life. Recommendations. We believe Mrs. Matthews should also feed DC like Mrs. Manson feeds Doc. And a one-off podcast between those two should also occur. Which two? The Mrs.? I'm presuming so. There is not enough alcohol in the world to get Mrs. Matthews, whom I love more than anything else in the world, to be on a podcast. I've, I've tried many, many times. Because I do think it's audio gold. No. Speaking of Mrs. Manson, it was time for the Mrs. Manson Bake Off. This was won by myself, but I was then disqualified for using my personal chef, so Bethany won. It was then time for a speech by our surprise from DDT past. Hatsy flew over. Hatsy, or H as we call him, made a speech about how DDT has continued to thrive despite the overwhelming (laughs) amount of wrestling podcasts, most which actually suck, and praised its large UK following. 
the Doc Manson pumpkin carving competition also transpired as a tribute to the great man. A picture of three pumpkins is attached left to right. Stephanie, Beverly, and Bethany for Doc to choose the winner. I gotta say, ladies, I am a big fan of all of your pumpkins. As we I'm went- going with um, Bethany. All right. We should post that picture, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, as we went back to the hotel, Kevin Johnson was caught in bed with Beth. Huh. Finally, the inspirational books recommended in the D.C. Matthews Symposium of Thought Bookathon were Stephanie, The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes, Beverly, The Chimp Paradox by Dr. Steve Peters, Bethany, Humans of New York by Brandon Stanton. We hope DC chooses at least one. Next week, we have a historic announcement that will alter the landscape of DDT wrestling forever. Tots the end, Steph. I can't That's wait. Actually, these are actually books. These I, are actually books. So you, I, will, I will actually look at these. Uh, the Mask of Masculinity, How Men Can Embrace Vulnerability, Create Strong Relationships, and Live Their Fullest Lives. Right off the bat, The Chimp Paradox is a strong favorite just for the name. Um, the Chimp Paradox, the acclaimed mind management program to help you achieve success, confidence, and happiness. And then Humans of New York. Let's look that one up. Oh, this is a this is a Facebook thing. Mrs. Manson knows about this. I've seen her seen her comment on these things. Humans of New York began as a photography project to photograph 10,000 New Yorkers and create an exhaustive catalog of the city's inhabitants. Somewhere along the way, I began to interview my subjects. That wins just because it has the word interview in it, and I like interviews and I like interviewing people. Huh. Interesting concept. DC enjoys interviewing. You know, it almost seems like that could that could be a show at some point. It really could if I ever got my ass in gear. It really, really could. Hmm. Can't just be a one-off episode. I have to talk to more than just Chip. <laughs> uh, this next one comes in from Jennifer, and the subject line is... Let's talk about mustard on fries. The body of this email is discuss. That is all. Best Jennifer. I love emails like this. Uh, Do you put mustard on fries? I have never in my life put mustard on French fries. Follow-up question, since I'm a great interviewer. Would you ever consider putting mustard on fries? And if not, why? I would have never considered it without receiving this email. I don't know why. Probably just because it never would have occurred to me. That said, um, I would try it. I'll try anything once. Anything. Hear that, you Stephanie? You heard that, Kevin Johnson. <laughs> you heard it. Um, yeah, I'd put mustard on fries. Absolutely. I like mustard. Yellow mustard, though. Maybe spicy mustard. Honey mustard, probably not. I would try honey mustard. Well, I try all of them, but I think yellow mustard or spicy mustard would be better. I don't know. Honey mustard, I think, could work. Some people like to dip fries in barbecue sauce. And, mm. you know, it's it's a... I remember getting wings, and you would get some 
honey barbecue and some honey mustard, and then you would kind of just, I would, I don't know what you would do, but I, then you would kind of like try to like, you would take the wing and you would kind of stir it in the sauce to get a honey mustard, honey barbecue. That was so good. I was so fat back in the day. I was just... This was just, mm. this next email comes from frenemy of the show, Mitchell Monroe. Uh, title is Pokemon Fun Facts. A new segment. Did you know that there's a Pokemon called Banette that is a spiteful spirit inhabiting a child's plush doll that was thrown away? It wanders about searching for the kid that junked it so that it can exact its revenge. And it's in a kid's game, too! I, what I like about it, because he includes a picture, it has a snaggle tooth, kind of like Vince McMahon's mugshot picture. <laughs> so I'm going to the Bulbapedia here. It, uh, Banette is a ghost-type Pokemon introduced in Generation 3. Banette is a dark gray doll-like Pokemon that is possessed by pure hatred. It has three short spikes on its head and a long zigzagging ribbon trailing off the back of its head. A zipper acts as its mouth, and it has purplish-pink eyes with slit pupils. Its long, flat arms have three-fingered hands, while its legs are short and stubby. It has a yellow, brush-like tail. Yeah, that is a little deep for a children's show, I would say. It is. And here's and the other thing. at some point, I hope, I hope it finds the kid. So this thing clearly has zippers all over it, like looking at some of these other pictures. Um, I thought Pokemon were animals. How is this thing... Well, this is Generation 3. By then, they probably went through all the animals, and so they had to expand. They had to come up with some other ideas. All right. Okay. Uh, somebody can explain Pokemon to me, because despite the fact that I'm an educator, I've missed all of this. Ah, I know some. No, let me tell you, DC. Uh, um, to sum up, you've got to catch them all. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much as much as I know. Well, then, of course, you're going to go with all sorts of things. Like, this is... This is Forkenstein, and uh, it's it's a it's a silverware spirit, and it has some leftover food on its time. <laughs> I like the fact that you have a who knows how dirty fork. How who knows how long it's been sitting on your desk, just within arm's reach, with food that bits is from, encrusted. That on is it. from that is from today. <laughs> this, this spoon, however. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I had yogurt. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Ah, uh, <laughs> perfect segue. Our next email comes from Jonathan Morse. Just wanted to send you an email to say you guys rock and keep up the good work. We'll try. <laughs> we'll do what we can, Jonathan. Uh, bestie question comes from Darren. Hi, DC and Doc. As a relatively new listener slash bestie, I'd like to hear what you got <laughs> to hear what got you guys into podcasting, as well as any advice for people interested in starting their own podcast. Keep up the great work. Regards, Mags. Um, um, I, I love this email, and 
because what got us into podcasting is uh, we had tried, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with the history of DC and Doc, we, we knew each other beforehand. We started a, a blog or a website in which we typed in a Google Doc to each other <laughs> and thought that was going to become big, and then it didn't. And then we said, hey, maybe we should try this podcast thing. And we were hoping that would get big, and then that also didn't. <laughs> we're answering the emails. And that ties into the advice. Um, oh, yeah. My, my advice for people interested in starting their own podcast... Don't just say don't. Is don't. <laughs> Especially if it's a wrestling podcast. Just don't. I, this, is, this is my actual advice. Um, find someone whom you would enjoy talking to anyway. Yeah, my advice would be uh, to get three people on the show, because two people... You just run out of things to say to each other. A third keeps it going a little better. We're on. We're, we're almost at 300 total episodes now. Some of those are solo shows, but we're almost at 300 total episodes. We have yet to run out of things to say to each other. Though I will say, there was a time where we were like taking personality quizzes <laughs> and stuff because we had tried to do four episodes in a day. And that's not always well, a great idea. in fairness, idea. We, at that point, we were also under a directive to provide original content. We were grasping at straws. I mean, come on. Yes. And we had said to ourselves, we are going to be the podcast on a wrestling network that does not talk about wrestling. <laughs> yes. That was a conscious and decision, then, folks. <laughs> and then they were like, well, we're going to create a non-wrestling network. Do you want to be on that? And we said... No. <laughs> in fairness, I was never asked if I wanted to be on the non-wrestling network. That's true. I was. I. I, I always true. assumed they just didn't ask us. Did they ask you? Because I, I think they probably did, and I think at that point I said, and then we got moved to the other network for a little bit. So we've been all over the place with our proud affiliates. Yeah. So I mean, the other thing I would say, legitimately, about starting a podcast is you don't have to spend a lot of money up front. Um, do a little bit. You know, try to get a relatively inexpensive USB microphone, um, and, and just see how that works out. For I, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, invest a little bit, get a USB microphone. It's gonna sound way better than the mic built into your webcam or Absolutely. your laptop. But and this costs what thirty, forty bucks, maybe. Yeah, the one you have is about a thirty-five dollar microphone. It's a condenser mic. It's very sensitive, it, it, good and bad. I mean, obviously, we don't we're. We're not professionals. We don't have studios. We're not in soundproof rooms. His microphone picks up a whole lot of extra noise. Um, my microphone is now a dynamic microphone. It's one I bought later. But again, it's not that expensive. It usually goes around $50. If you think I should buy a different one, you should send me a link because I would upgrade this. Oh, well, I don't really like, care. I mean, to be honest. Okay. It, yeah, but you're the one that criticizes the clicking of the fan. Hey, in fairness, it was a, a, it was a f- listener of the show who complained about you clipping your fingernails on the show. So that's, that's not... I'd like to point out, I haven't done that in a long time. Since we got that email, I think. I, and it's not even just on the air. I just don't clip them at all. I've got talents. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's um, my actual advice. Yeah, find, find someone you enjoy talking to. Find a, find a topic or series of topics. And don't... Don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing. If the conversation goes in a different direction, let it go that way. Yeah, and the other th- and the one other thing I will say is don't 
set yourself up for disappointment. Um, as DC said, we've been doing this almost 300 episodes now, maybe more if you count the ones that were on the network that we don't have access to at this point. I don't know, but we joke about it a lot on the show. We do not have an extensive audience, despite the fact that we do this constantly every week we do have a dedicated audience who we greatly greatly appreciate but you're not going to make it big overnight at least it didn't happen for us you're not going to like well, and, and make money from this right away no, and 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 you brought up a very point there are thousands of wrestling podcasts to the point where i just assume anyone who's a wrestling fan on twitter has a wrestling podcast and that's great but understand that you know 40 or 50 listens a week is a lot when you're first starting out like that's what you want to strive for so i mean you know we don't have a lot of advice as to how to get famous as a podcast obviously obviously but (laughs) but yeah all right so uh but yeah good luck to darren or whoever i think darren actually has a podcast if memory serves he may um our next email comes from the bestiest of the besties glenn an email about nothing Just a quick email to say what a good week it's been for wrestling (laughs) and another brilliant episode of The List. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. I will say that. We got people who were like, you should just stop The List now, which I was like, why would you say that, Brandon Banks? Don't give Doc Manson any incentive to stop. I saw that tweet and I said, that makes a lot of sense. I should probably talk to Doc, (laughs) to DC about this. (laughs) No. Like, I understand we may have found... Because on this week's episode, we honestly may have found the greatest wrestler of all time, period. Like, I don't know that that name is going to be eclipsed. I honestly don't. However, there's other names that need to go on. Agreed. And while I don't know for sure if that name will be eclipsed, I can tell you that I guarantee that it will be. Do you have a name in mind? Of course. Okay. It's not Hulk Hogan. I'm just saying. It's not. Just saying. Real talk. This one comes in from Jeremy. Science question. Why is it that when I microwave a frozen burrito for the recommended 90 seconds, it remains inedible for a full 10 minutes due to it being roughly the temperature of fresh magma? Why isn't the heating slash cooling phase closer to a one-to-one ratio? I could deal with maybe a one-to-three ratio, making my spicy, beefy treat able to be eaten in approximately half the time. You boys are probably too young to remember Mr. Wizard and his children's science program. And uh, Lies. Lies. We do remember this. But I know he'd know the answer. Doc, do you? Sent from my new iPhone, which is actually the same model as my old iPhone, that finally died and incidentally is one of the recently discontinued iPhones. A fact I only realized after I got my new old iPhone. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Um, Yeah, scientist Doc, why is it that a Hot Pocket or a frozen burrito gets ridiculously hot in a short amount of time? Well, that's not really what he's asking. He's asking why the heating cooling phase isn't closer to -to one-to-one. And it's because you're not letting – when you're heating it, 
you're 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 using ionizing radiation from the microwave to rotate water molecules, which creates friction, friction, and heats up uh, your burrito. So you're actually introducing energy into that system to get your desired effect. Once you take that burrito out of the microwave, it's going to cool much slower because now you're waiting for the energy to dissipate, right? Um, so it's really more of a one-to-one, I would think. I'm not saying guaranteeing it's the exact same, but if you took that burrito frozen and waited for it to come to room temperature, that would be probably mm. closer to having something that's boiling hot and waiting for that to come to room temperature, um, depending, of course, on the relative actual temperatures of the frozen thing, the hot thing, and what room temperature is. Um, and so it's not a one-to-one, right? In one of them, you're actually using something else to add energy, and the other one, it's just naturally dissipating through entropy. So it's, it, it, you, it's not really comparable, is my response. Okay. Should I take something... That's if I want something to cool down quickly, should I take it out of the microwave and immediately place it in the freezer? Yes, that seems like a great idea. I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, I actually think that would relatively work, but it would probably be colder on the outside and still magma on the inside because the penetration of the cold isn't going to work the same way as the ionizing radiation from the microwave, which can penetrate to the how come How come we have not invented the inverse microwave? And I know there are blast chillers, but how come we have not invented a, a device that you put it into it and it, and I understand you don't put energy into something and it gets colder, but shouldn't there, there be an opposite of the microwave? I mean, okay. I mean, that's an interesting thought. You would need to, to, to do that. You would need something that removes free energy from a system. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything like that exists. I mean, maybe they have. I watch on food shows. They have blast chillers, which is like a super powered freezer that gets things cold very, yeah, very it's quickly. Not really the same thing though, because I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is if you put that into a chamber with like a vacuum pump attached to it, like that would help remove energy. But it, it, I don't know that it would work as well as a microwave. So, can I reverse. tell you that I I began that question knowing or thinking. That it was just, I was asking my typical, really dumb science question. And then you got a look on your face, and I was like, maybe I asked a, a decent well, question. Well, no, it's still a stupid question, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lies. Folks, there are no stupid questions. That's what I always tell my students. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions because. Even if it, even if it's a question that's way off base, like uh, why, why do uh, Drosophila uh, replicate via binary fusion? Uh, it's not a stupid question, okay? It, 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 it identifies to me that you have a fundamental uh, misconception about the way that system works, and since we can identify that you have that misconception, we are that much closer to fixing it with mm -hmm. the proper knowledge. So therefore, again, are no stupid questions. Never be embarrassed to ask. And if somebody makes you feel embarrassed for asking, they're an asshole. Did you watch Mr. Wizard as a kid? I could see you being a big Mr. Wizard fan. A little fan. bit. I remember one episode where there was a bowling ball on a rope. And uh, you know, I, think, I think they were holding it at the kid's face. 
and they dropped it and let it swing. And of course, because you lose yeah. energy, it will never come back and actually whap you in the face. And I, I remember hearing years later about an urban legend that that actually went horribly wrong the first time they did it. And it and smashed like the, kid. the kid's face in and they had to refilm it with a stand-in kid. Which, of course, I highly doubt is true. But you can believe, can't you? Mr. Wizard or Bill Nye? Hmm. I'm going to go Bill Nye. I'm going to go Bill Nye, I think. Okay. But here's the real question. Bill Nye or Beekman's World? That's tough. That's not tough. It's Beekman's it's, World? It's Bill Nye. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I've got to get this moving, so... Uh, oh, that was the last Well, email. we're done. Okay. We're done. What's your piece of positivity? You got to go get your hairs cut. What's your piece My of positivity? My piece of positivity is that it's practically fall, which means scary things can happen. It's almost October. It's time to watch horror movies every single day and and and, and write about them and all sorts of stupid things. It's going to be great. Uh, and, and, and sounds scary, folks. It's not that much further away. So get ready. Hold on to your butts. Me and GQ coming to your ear holes. You're going to love it. My piece of positivity is the Wednesday night lineup. I think 205 Live into NXT, into whatever they decide to put on after it, is the right answer. And this is going to do very good things. So, that's my piece of positivity. Plus, there's been just great matches galore this week. So, wrestling is in a good place, despite all the problems that some people, Doc Manson, (laughs) might have. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can send us an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Doc Manson. He is at the DC Matthews. You can listen to all of our episodes by going to ddtpod.com. And, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, and how could you, you can go on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send a few minor dollars our way. Maybe some of that can be put towards... A cleaning service. Because DC's got that spoon in his hand again, and it is gross. There is no spoon. The Matrix taught me that. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>